If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Time now for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer of the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. How do you feel about Chicago, by the way? Chicago? The band. Oh, the band! Oh, I thought you meant the city. No, I mean... Uh, the first album's fantastic. Just the first uh, album? kind of downhill, all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew you were going to be a Chicago snob. I knew you wouldn't like yeah. the later no, stuff. No, the first album's fantastic. I play it all the time in the gym. All yeah. right. Yeah, love it. Okay, yeah. we'll take your word on that. Uh, let's talk some politics this morning. Big day for the BC Green Party. Yeah, Green Party is going to announce its new leader. They had a, an online and telephone vote over the past week. Uh, voting closed yesterday. They're going to announce it at noon today. we got a media advisory. We can phone in. There's pool cameras. Everything is all set up. Uh, three candidates. Sonia, first to know, the MLA is... I guess, thought to be the front runner, although I don't know if anybody really knows. Um, Cam Brewer, Vancouver lawyer and activist, uh, and Kim Darwin from the Sunshine Coast. I think she's a mortgage broker, but uh, in any event, uh, three candidates. Um, only one of them is an MLA at the moment. A uh, couple of thousand voters at least, although it, the voting thing is hard to figure out with the Greens too, because they they did something that I don't think any political party that I know of has ever done before. They allowed non-members to vote in the leadership. And all you had to do was uh, register with the party, and you could vote on the leader, right? <laughs> More paranoid political parties would have said no way, because they would suspect well, yeah. their opponents of stacking the vote and picking a weak candidate. But uh, the Greens are uh, nothing if not charmingly naive, and uh, I guess they assumed that, uh, well, what the heck, let everybody vote. They said there's a lot of younger voters that they're trying to attract, Simi, that probably can't afford a party membership, so they decided to let them vote as well. Interesting. I've never heard of that happening before. Uh, but there, this was an interesting leadership race as well because of the kind of involvement of the former Green leader, Andrew Weaver. So, yeah, Weaver announced last October that he was leaving the leadership and that there would have to be a new leader before the next election. He then announced in January that he was also leaving the Green Caucus and sitting as an independent. And he then, in June, announced that he was no longer even a member of the Greens, and he's been sort of sniping away at Sonia Firstino ever since. Uh, and then he surfaced as a member of the panel of advisors to Cam Brewer, the Vancouver lawyer who's seeking the leadership. So uh, no love lost between Andrew Weaver and Sonia Firstino. Uh, Firstino has been careful what she says about it, although I think at a at an online uh, leadership debate in the Sunshine Coast, she commented that sometimes when political leaders leave, they have trouble letting go, which is as close as she's come to commenting on that. But in any event, yes, uh, Weaver and uh, and his party have sort of parted ways, but not completely. 
Right. And there's a lot of challenges for this potential new leader here uh, as well, right? I mean, there's a lot going on to yeah, jump right into. Welcome to the job. And uh, what are you going to do if there's an election called next week? The rumor mill is working overtime now here in the provincial capital. And we're hearing uh, probably or possibly, well, who the hell knows other than John Horgan, uh, an election call as early as next week. And that would put the vote in the third week of October, so October the 20th to the 24th, somewhere in there. And, of course, the new Green leader has got to get ready for that, and I don't think the Greens have nominated very many candidates. And the other thing, the first question I would think that the new leader is going to have to address is... What about this power-sharing agreement with the NDP? The Premier has sort of said, declared it defunct last week. It's no longer relevant. He doesn't consider himself bound by its terms. So you go with that. the Greens. So what do they? What do they view? What's their view of it? Yeah, I don't get that about how oh, just because they've changed leader, we're not bound by it. I mean, you sign it with the party. It wasn't a deal with Andrew Weaver. It was actually signed by every NDP MLA and every green MLA. It's not just an agreement between leaders. It's a, an agreement among MLAs. So Adrian Dix signed it. John Horgan signed it. Carol James signed it. Andrew Weaver signed it. They all signed it. And Weaver, even when he stepped down, Simi, in January, he immediately wrote a letter to the premier as an independent MLA saying, I still consider myself bound by the power-sharing agreement. And Horgan wrote back and said, I'm glad to hear it because, as far as Horgan's concerned, the NDP was bound by it as well. On the third anniversary of the power-sharing agreement in May, Horgan put out a press release saying, this is the reason we have stable government in British Columbia celebrating that agreement. Now that he's thinking looking for an opening, looking for an escape hatch to call an early election, he's going, oh, well, you know, that's just ancient history, right? And gosh, it was only three years ago. It was pre-pandemic. So he doesn't consider himself bound by it anymore. Of course, the clause that he's looking for an escape hatch from Simi is the one where John Horgan promised in writing with his signature not to call an early election yeah. unless he had been defeated in the legislature. Okay, so speaking of that then, like figuring out how this is going to happen, which I still think is a huge mistake if they do this, but uh, this big recovery plan, like could this could this hinge on some kind of economic vote that happens in the legislature? Well, yeah, I mean, well, the legislature isn't even scheduled to sit until after Thanksgiving. Um, the problem with, or, or, or sorry, early October, just before Thanksgiving. So the problem with waiting that long is that that would put voting day probably into November. And we heard from Dr. Bonnie Henry recently that if there's a second wave, and she thinks there will be, it will happen during flu season. Well, flu season runs from November to February. So if you let it drag on, the election call, into November, you could be up against right. uh, second wave, pandemic, all that. So I don't think they can get the election, sorry, I don't think they can get the legislature back in session as early as next week. And even if they did, would the Greens, who've already said we don't need an early election, in fact, their interim leader, Adam Olson, denounced that as reckless on the part of the premier, cheap politics, 
would the Greens vote to defeat the NDP, or would they say, no, we don't need an election right now? I mean, the, the New Brunswick election is today, right? Yeah. And everybody's going to be looking at that. But the Premier of New Brunswick first went to the other parties in the legislature, he's a minority as well, and he said, um, let's make a deal to carry the province through the pandemic. Let's not go to an election now. The other parties refused to go along, so he called an election. Well, that hasn't happened here. Uh, If John Horgan were to go to the Greens and the Liberals, I mean, the Liberals and the Greens had been working with the NDP, right? I think one of the reasons Greens are really angry about this, Simi, is they feel they voted with the NDP on everything. They've supported them every time they needed it on confidence matters. Yes, they've disagreed about some side issues. And they now, I think, rightly feel kind of double-crossed and used. The Liberals a bit, too. The Liberals have worked with the government on managing the pandemic. And I, I say we still have an open question here about what's going to happen with the pandemic, right? I mean, we get yeah. these regular briefings with Dr. Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dix. Are those going to continue if the Premier calls an election? Uh, is Dr. Bonnie Henry going to allow herself to be used for political purposes? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I, I agree with you. It's very risky. But as I said, the premier is certainly keeping his options open. And the NDP is rushing to get candidates nominated and ready to go. Um, have a look at the story my colleague Rob Shaw has in the Vancouver Sun today. Mm, about, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, NDP Writing Association up in Fraser Nickel is blown up. The executive has resigned because the party brass rushed through a nomination, a fixed nomination, one candidate for the candidate that the premier wanted. Local Writing Association feels betrayed. They've mm. all resigned in protest. That's what makes us so interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Sam.